Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Yes, Lord, we come to adore you and to declare that that you are Lord, that Christ is Lord. Father, as we focus around your word now, as we just allow your love to, to sink in a little bit deeper, I pray that you would come and speak to us. Open up our hearts by your Holy Spirit's presence in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, um, here we are, eh? the last Sunday service of the year. What a crazy year that it has been, the last Sunday in our Advent journey, focusing in around love. And uh, if we haven't met, my name's Stanley, one of the pastors on the team uh, here at Coast Vineyard. It's obviously awesome to be with you uh, today. So, so far in this Advent journey, uh, we had Matt talk to us about hope, uh, Simeon about peace, Lee last week spoke to us beautifully about real and authentic joy that we can experience in God. And like I say, we're talking about uh, love today before at the end of this coming week, we have a very special Christmas carol service, either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whenever you watch it, that is going to be amazing that we know that you're really going to enjoy. But the aspect of love obviously permeates through, you know, the whole story of Advent. And in fact, the Gospels in general, the the Bible, all of Scripture, you know. And so therefore, there are all sorts of different places where we can point to, to use as kind of illustrations or examples of God's love being demonstrated or shown to us. But I thought that it would be uh, fun today to just focus in around one particular verse uh, that you might have already heard from the Eddings, by the way. But one particular very famous uh, verse that we can just focus in around that provides a bit of a link between the the story of Christ coming uh, to earth for us and this idea of, of love. Before we go there, though, uh, you may be wondering why I've got this nice little fashion accessory uh, today. Uh, unfortunately, a few weeks ago, uh, my, my collarbone didn't really appreciate too much how my shoulder impacted the road after a road cycling accident. I was out riding with a few friends and uh, came off and I've snapped my collarbone in two, well on the kind of road to recovery now, but you can obviously appreciate the, the sort of inconvenience uh, that it has been, uh, not just to myself, but to those around me, that it affects a busy family home, obviously. We've got a newborn, Josiah, who's only about three months old. My wife uh, has been exceptionally gracious uh, through this period. And I, I, I must admit that I have, uh, I've been really impacted by the, as I've been reflecting on this aspect of love and the Advent journey, 
I've been really impacted by the verb of love that has been shown to me over these past few weeks. This love is, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, this famous, um, these famous verses that we often kind of hear read uh, at uh, weddings and so forth. Love is patient and kind, you know, it, it, it prefers the others, holds no record of wrong, you know, that, that sort of thing, this aspect, this verb, this doing of love and I have been impacted by that over these last few weeks. Yes, uh, by my wife in incredible ways, uh, but also by other family, by my church whanau, by friends. Uh, so if you've been one of those ones that has reached out and helped in some way, just thank you so much. I've, I've got to say that it has been incredibly humbling to be on the receiving end of it. Uh, and it has also just made me realize again and think again how important it is that we do that for one another, that we reach out with this verb of our love, this, this doing aspect uh, of love, both to those that we know, but also to our wider community, providing that, that love is uh, link to those that are around us. You know, the world is desperate for love. You know, we, we see it all around us. Uh, the, the poems that are written, the, the, the stories of the books that are written, the, the movies, the TV programs, uh, the songs that are produced. Apparently there's over a hundred million songs that have been written and produced uh, about love. We are desperate for genuine, authentic, real love. And the beautiful thing about the Advent story and the story of God coming to earth in human form, that love just permeates through it all. There is a beautiful aspect of this loving God reaching out to us, being that Love is a link to us, showing us, demonstrating us what love is, identifying with us. Not just in, in talk or in song, although that's important as well, but showing us with this little baby in a manger that would rock the world. And to help us focus in on this one particular verse that I want to just spend a few moments on this morning, I actually want to show you a scene from The Chosen. Now, The Chosen is a, a TV series, a kind of Netflix-style story of the life of Jesus. And if you haven't seen it, it is absolutely epic. It is fan a fantastic watch on all sorts of different levels. So I'd really encourage you to, to watch it. We're going to see one particular scene. Obviously, there's a lot more to it than what we'll watch here. Uh, but I hope that you kind of, you, you get the picture. Uh, this, this late at night, under the cover of darkness, conversation that happens between Jesus and Nicodemus. Nicodemus, this Pharisee, this religious leader, respected man within, within the religious community, having this conversation with Jesus, bringing to life what could have happened in John 3. He's captured by this man, Jesus, by what he's seen and heard. And he wants to know more and explore more what this man is all about. So let's watch this awesome scene uh, from The Chosen. Mind is consumed with thoughts of 
what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome? It's all about sin? God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students I she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. Here you are. The healer. I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Follow you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't... You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? lead a nomadic life to, to give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain 
is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> Maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave, and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter at dawn. Is this... Is the kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and... He could tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof, anyway. <laughs> I do hope you come with us, Nicodemus. the sun, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. How good is that, eh? <laughs> Anyone else kind of find that there might have been a bit of dust in the ear or something like that that's been playing with your eyes? <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You know what? What powerful verses, eh? Writers talk about the tension that these verses hold. You know, the tension between the God part and the us part. Similar to what Simeon was talking about in regarding peace a couple of weeks ago. This, this responsibility on, on our part uh, to, to respond to that invitation that's given to us. The God part for God so loved the world. What God has done freely for us and then the us part that whoever believes this this choice that we have to choose to believe to invite to accept this love of god and i i reckon it's that tension that's this has played out so beautifully in the scene that we just watched eh, between jesus and nicodemus where where nicodemus is battling with this this reality that what he has seen is just incredible about this man, Jesus. And, and is it possible that he is the one that, that he personally uh, has, been, has been hoping for? And, and, and if it is, if, if he is the one to set the kingdom of God in motion, then what does that mean in terms of his own response 
to that. Uh, and I love the, the line that Jesus uh, uses within that scene where he's, he's telling Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus, the invitation is still open for each and every one of us. This journey of Advent, this Christmas, this season, the invitation is still open. It's open to us. It's, the invitation to God's love is open. What would we do? How would we respond to that invitation that God gives us to experience his love, to invite him in, to find ways to explore what the, the meaning of Christmas really is all about? How would you and I respond to that invitation this Christmas? Would we just kind of ignore, neglect, move on, treat it as a, as a nice story? Uh, or, or, or would we invite, embrace, explore that love? Again, as Jesus says to Nicodemus right at the end of that scene that we just watched, blessed are all who take refuge in him. I want to encourage you to find a way of taking refuge in God's love. Uh, this season, this Christmas, this week, this moment. In amongst the busy sort of hubbub of the Christmas activity, the end of year wrap-ups, the, the disrupted holiday planning uh, that we've all had, if we were to welcome in that love of God for each and every one of us in a fresh and new way, what might that look like for us? And just as I wrap up this morning, I'm going to pray in just a moment. We're going to do what we've done over the last few weeks and just have some, uh, some questions, prompts, some thought, and just to create some time of reflection at the end of the service just after I've prayed. And maybe you're with a, a small group of other people kind of watching this service, and it might generate some discussion amongst you about inviting the love of God in and what that might look like for each of you. But just, let's just find some space, eh? Find some space to invite that love of God to hit us afresh. Let's pray. Father, we, we just choose to invite you in again. We thank you for the love that you have demonstrated so beautifully at Christmas time, the story that we celebrate of Jesus coming to earth, of you coming in human form. So would you come afresh again? Let us be impacted by your love so that it would infiltrate every part of our lives and help us to demonstrate it to those around us as well. Come, Holy Spirit, we invite your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, bless you. We look forward to sharing our Christmas carol service with you soon and then being with you again mid-January uh, when we launch services again. See you again sometime soon.
Thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or, of course, we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.